On Friday, a federal judge in San Francisco denied Tesla CEO Elon Musk's request to move or delay a trial over a misleading tweet about a potential buyout of the electric automaker. The trial, which involves a civil lawsuit brought on behalf of Tesla shareholders who alleged they were duped by an August 7th, 2018 tweet in which Musk indicated he had lined up financing for a Tesla buyout, is set to begin on Tuesday with jury selection. Now, attorneys for Musk had asked for the trial to be moved to Texas, citing negative coverage surrounding the $44 billion purchase of Twitter and claiming that it would have tainted the jury pool selection in San Francisco. However, U.S. District Judge Edward Chen argued that the millions of people who inhabit San Francisco could not all be biased against Musk. And the lawsuit centers around a tweet in which Musk stated that he had funding secured to take Tesla private at $420 per share, a claim that was later determined to be false by the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC. And as a result, Musk and Tesla were each required to pay a $20 million fine, and Musk was removed as chairman of Tesla. The upcoming trial will determine whether Musk acted recklessly by posting the tweet and whether it caused financial harm to Tesla shareholders. However, it should be noted that since the tweets in question, Tesla's shares have increased nearly six times more than at the time of the tweets about the bogus buyout. And in the light of the oncoming legal proceedings, Musk has stated that he will step down as CEO of Twitter when a replacement is found. This decision by Judge Chen to deny Musk's request to move or delay the trial sets the stage for the billionaire to be thrust into a legal drama amid the turmoil of his Twitter takeover. Additionally, it is important to mention that the SEC had charged Musk with securities fraud in relation to the tweets, which was settled for a $40 million fine and Musk's agreement to not serve as CEO of a public company for three years. The trial will be a significant event, as it will not only test the accountability of the CEO of a publicly traded company for their statements on social media, but also the potential impact that it can have on the shareholders of the company as a whole. Twitter has been giving access to its API for years, so other platforms can use it to communicate with their users and for people to use so they can have a customized feed of their own if they desire to make their own app. Now, for example, if you're using a social media manager to view your account rather than the Twitter app or the website, you may find that Twitter is currently not working with that app. Something like Tweetmore or Tweetbot Phoenix or Twitterific, they may not work because the API for Twitter is down currently. Now, there's some guesses going on here, but we think that Twitter is ceasing their API because they can't run ads through the API. It gives you a clean feed of everything that's going on on your Twitter account. Now, the third-party apps not showing ads is costing Twitter money. And this is basically sending out information from Twitter servers to these third-party apps. This could be another cost-cutting measure from Musk because this possibly could be saving Twitter millions of dollars per year for the apps to use the information coming from Twitter. Now, you got to remember that not just text comes from this API. It's also the images being served up from the Twitter servers. Also the videos being embedded 
And if they're not getting any return on that investment, there's really no reason for that API to exist without them possibly refurbishing the API. And I could see this happening in the future. Possibly new terms of service for anybody that wants to use the Twitter API, you have to include additional advertisements in your feed. Now, this is a thing that some of these apps will definitely continue using if this happens. And some of them will just kind of cease to exist. Some of these apps that are kind of smaller and they rely on a subscriber base to use their app. Well, some of those subscribers will leave because they don't want to see apps in their feed. And that's probably why they started using that app to begin with. Furthermore, if these apps go out of business, there's only one place to get this information. And that is at Twitter itself. And you'll be able to see all the ads that were currently not available on those APIs, but you'll be able to see them on your Twitter feed. Hey, real quick, if you could take a second and hit the subscribe button on your podcast platform, that would be amazing. It would help out the show so much. Thank you very much. And let's get on to some SpaceX news. SpaceX's Falcon Heavy rocket, known for its impressive aerial acrobatics and synchronized landings, took to the skies on Sunday to deliver national security payloads to orbit for the U.S. military. The mission, called USSF-67, was launched at 5.56 p.m. Eastern Time from Kennedy Space Center in Florida, making the fifth successful light of the rocket. And the reason for the one-day delay for the initial advertised launch date on Saturday was not immediately clear. And the Falcon Heavy made its debut in 2018 with much fanfare when SpaceX CEO Elon Musk attached his personal Tesla Roadster as a test payload for the launch. The car is still in space, taking an oblong path around the sun that swings out as far as Mars' orbital path. And the rocket followed up the test mission with two launches in 2019 before taking a three-year hiatus. And the majority of SpaceX's missions do not require the Falcon Heavy's increased power as the company's workhorse Falcon 9 rocket launched more than 60 times in 2022 alone. Sending two groups of astronauts to the space station, as well as Starlink satellites and a variety of other spacecraft. Now, however, SpaceX is now fulfilling lucrative military launch contracts it signed for the Falcon Heavy years ago, and the rocket returned to flight in November with the launch of the U.S. military's USSF-44 mission, and Sunday's liftoff was a follow-up to that display. USSF-44 included six payloads, one satellite that advanced communications, space weather sensing, and other technologies into near-geosynchronous orbits, according to the military's Space Operations Command. Now, the USSF-67 will make use of the same type of spacecraft deployed on the USSF-44, called the LDPE, which is essentially a bus for outer space that can carry smaller satellites. And the Falcon Heavy also carried a communication satellite called the Continuous Broadcast Augmenting SATCOM for the U.S. Space Force. However, additional details about the satellites on Sunday's missions were not immediately available. Now, as with each launch, the Falcon Heavy rocket put out a dramatic show back on Earth. And after Sunday's mission, the company recovered two of the Falcon Heavy's rocket's first stage boosters, the tall white sticks strapped together to give the rocket its height and power at liftoff. After expending most of their fuel, the side boosters fell away from the center core and reoriented themselves to slice back through Earth's atmosphere. As they approached the ground, the boosters reignited their engines 
and completed a synchronized landing on ground pads near the Florida coastline. This is a signature move for SpaceX, which routinely recovers and reuses its rocket boosters to drive down the costs of launches. However, the company did not attempt to recover the center booster because of fuel requirements. Now, SpaceX has not successfully retrieved all three boosters, although it's come very close. The two side boosters made a pinpoint synchronized landing on ground pads after an April 2019 mission, and the rocket center booster touched down on a seafaring platform. However, rough waves toppled it over. With this launch, SpaceX continues to push the boundaries of what is possible in space travel and launch technology and shows that the Falcon Heavy is an important tool for the company's future. SpaceX is ramping up testing at Boca Chica Starbase, Texas. Ship 24 is stacked on top of Booster 7, and they're doing tests to get it ready for an orbital flight test sometime in February, possibly in March. And there are still a lot of steps for SpaceX to go through. This show is brought to you by Backblaze. I use Backblaze to back up my podcast, my video files, all of my writing stuff and all my photos. And you get unlimited computer backup for Macs and PCs for just $7 a month. You can back up your own documents, photos, videos, drawings, projects, all of your data and access your backed up data from anywhere in the world using the web app. And you can access the files on your mobile too. iOS, Android apps, all covered. And this is the cool part. This is my favorite part. You can restore it by mail. A hard drive will come to your house with all your data shipped to your door. It could come to your business too. And you can restore return refund program. So you can buy a hard drive restore, send the hard drive back within 30 days, and get a full refund. So basically they ship you this hard drive and then you ship it back and you don't ever pay for it, which is the perfect program for somebody who has huge files and you don't wanna waste days and days downloading terabytes and teraflops of data. And if you're worried about accidentally deleting your files, two bucks extra a month, you can increase your retention history to one year. And I use it for all of my video files. It comes in super handy. So $7 plus $2, $9 a month, and you get everything backed up. Ease of mind for up to a year. And if you use the URL backblaze.com slash Elon, you get a fully featured 15 day, no credit card required free trial. Check it out, play with it, start protecting yourself from potential bad times. Back your stuff up. It's recommended by the New York Times, Inc., Macworld, PC World, LifeWire, Wired, Tom's Guide, 9to5Mac, and more. And it's recently been listed on the NASDAQ stock exchange under BLZE, so you know they're legit. Backblaze is committed more than ever to bringing easy and affordable data storage that you can trust. Don't be that person that forgot to back up their important files. We've got your back. Sign up for a free 15-day trial. No credit card required. Go there, sign up, play with it. It's really powerful and it's really easy to use. So go to backblaze.com slash Elon. Backblaze.com slash Elon. Backblaze.com slash Elon. In order for this flight to take off. And just recently, Elon Musk took to Twitter to say that a Starship launch attempt will be soon. Now, NASA spaceflight added in a tweet of their own. Does this sound about right, Elon? Cryo test today, then wet dress rehearsal next week, D stack for 33 engine static fire, final TPS work on ship 24, restack the ship, launch license, possible end of February, early March, if all goes well per your previous timeline. Elon Musk said, that's a good guess. So what we can take from this is that they're going to be doing cryogenic testing 
for the next few days. They're going to do a full wet dress rehearsal after that, which means they do everything that they need to do in order to fly the starship, but they don't launch the starship. They get it completely ready to fly. Now, next after that, D-Stack of the starship, which is on top of Booster 7, take the ship off, put it next to it, put it on the ground, put it on its own pad, and then they may static fire 33 engines. They haven't done this before. They don't know exactly what's going to happen. But so far, some of the static fires, most of the static fires that happened with the booster, destroyed the concrete under the orbital launch mount. Now, we've talked about this in the past. If any concrete were to fly up and damage any part of the ship, whether it's a Raptor 2 engine or some tiles on the ship itself, there could be some damage that could ruin the flight for Ship 24 and Booster 7. I have all the confidence in SpaceX that they're going to figure this one out before the orbital flight test. And we know from the past how much Elon Musk exaggerates some of these launch timelines. But... We have some actual concrete evidence from SpaceX themselves on Twitter. They say more pics of Starship fully stacked of the orbital launch pad at Starbase. And they show a picture of the fully stacked Starship, but Booster 9 is right next door to it, right beside it. They've also moved Ship 25 down to the orbital pad as well, which is pretty interesting. Now look at this next tweet from SpaceX. Though. This is the important part. Teams are stepping into a series of tests prior to Starship's flight test in the weeks ahead, including full stack wet dress rehearsals and hold down firing of Booster 7's 33 Raptor engines. Now, this has never been done before. This is uncharted territory. We don't know what's going to happen when these 33 Raptor engines fire. So this could be the beginning to the orbital flight test and something absolutely amazing for human spaceflight. Or it could go the other way, where the 33 engine static fire could just be too much power and they have to figure out how to contain all this power. And there's been talk about a flame diverter in some way, shape, or form that they could put underneath the orbital launch mount to kind of divert the flames away so there's no more damage to that concrete underneath. But we haven't seen anything about a flame diverter directly from SpaceX or from Elon Musk. Actually, Elon Musk in the past said he doesn't want to even have a flame diverter. Just wants to be able to launch this thing from basically anywhere with a very simple layout. And that makes a lot of sense. If SpaceX wants to launch a Starship point to point anywhere in the world, they need to be able to replicate this easily and be able to construct it anywhere. And during these upcoming tests, SpaceX isn't just testing the rocket itself. They're testing the ground systems. All the systems, pipes, wires, electronics, everything that feeds the fuel into the rocket and safes everything, that needs to be tested before the orbital flight test. And the test schedule for SpaceX is usually sometime 8 o'clock in the morning till 8 o'clock at night. So they have a daily 12-hour window to test Starship in Boca Chica, Texas. Now, coming up in the next few days, we have Tuesday, January 17th, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., there's a road closure. And on Wednesday, January 18th, we have an 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. road closure. And then Thursday on the 19th, we have a road closure. So anytime during that window, SpaceX could be ramping up 
for a cryogenic test and then a wet dress rehearsal of the ship and the booster. Now, is it only going to take a few days to get to this point? We're not sure. We don't know exactly what the data is from SpaceX on Starship right now. Just recently, they tested some of the booster. They also tested the ground systems and a little bit possibly of the ship. But we haven't seen a full cryogenic test of Ship 24 once it's been stacked on top of Booster 7. That doesn't mean that they're going to go with Ship 24 immediately with these next few tests. They could continue testing the booster for the next week. They have to make sure that everything is 100% okay before they move on to the next step. And Elon Musk stated that this is the most important launch of SpaceX and also the orbital launch mount and stage zero. Those are the most important parts of this ship. They can't replicate that. They can build the new ship. They can build the new booster. But if they're going to do a static fire on top of this orbital launch mount and something goes wrong, they have to rebuild everything almost from scratch. Sure, they have the plans for it, but it's not a simple thing to replicate like a ship or a booster. SpaceX and NASA are working together for the Artemis 3 mission, and this is literally the beginning of that mission for SpaceX. And they've already had billions of dollars allocated to this program from NASA. So if this doesn't work out well, then SpaceX could get set back months, possibly a year at the most, in order for them to move forward with the next Starship launch for the orbital flight test. And let's get back to the content. Now, SpaceX is ramping up for the Artemis 3 mission, like I said. And then after that, what are they going to do? The Artemis 3 mission, they land people on the moon. But during that time, SpaceX plans to build a bunch of starships. Elon Musk just said recently in a tweet that they plan on building five fully stacked starships this year alone. So five possible test flights of a starship system sometime this year. Now, if the Artemis 3 mission goes off without a hitch, and SpaceX is focused on that. They'll have to land a starship on the moon. And after they get it to the moon and they get people to the moon and come back, what will they focus on? Well, there's more moon missions for the Artemis program, but also SpaceX wants to go to Mars. And the next window is in 2024. I think it's September of 2024. So could SpaceX possibly be planning for a Starship launch to Mars in 2024. Highly possible. Highly possible. The inspiration from that would be absolutely astronomical. So I believe SpaceX is working towards that, but also the Artemis program, and also getting this thing off the ground to begin with. I mean, they still have to de-stack the ship. We haven't talked about that yet. The, the heat tiles on the Starship, after they de-stack it, there's two hitch points at the top of the Starship that are used with a crane to lift Starship up and down. They have to remove those and then replace that area with heat tiles. The heat tiles are more than likely already built. So once they destack it, they'll move it aside and put those heat tiles on. May move it back to the high bay to do that. So that'll take a day, possibly two, and then they'll move it back and they'll restack it, possibly do the full wet dress rehearsal after that timeline. And then we're going to be ready for an orbital flight test, which will be absolutely awesome. And the flight of Starship is going to be 
the most important flight for space flight ever. The huge cargo, everything that the ship is capable of and sending people to the moon, Mars and beyond. It's absolutely incredible. And it's going to be happening, hopefully, within the next few months, according to Elon Musk. Super excited. If you're excited about this kind of content, please hit the subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. 